And we're going to talk tonight about the seasons of grace. Seasons of grace. Grace for change. Grace to change. And grace through change. Amen? I want to start with a little story. And so this is a story that happened just, well, many years ago, actually, when I was leaving my home one morning and I was driving down the, uh, the road. It's actually a hill. I was driving down the hill and I saw a young lady who uh, maybe was in her 30s and she was walking down this steep hill. And I've seen her many times before. And as I saw her, you know, I'd always wave to her, give her a thumbs up. You know, she was struggling to get up that hill. You see, when I first noticed her, I noticed that she was extremely overweight. But as the days went on and the months went on, I'll tell you, her body started getting transformed. And I'll tell you this, one day she was looking so good. And so I stopped my car and I rolled down my window and I said with all sincerity of heart, you know what, you are looking really good. And she just simply replied to me, thank you. And with all sincerity of heart, she said, have a great day. I mean, it really meant something to her to be acknowledged and for her work to be acknowledged. But when she said that back to me, something happened. There was such an anointing on her words. And they pierced my heart. And they, they, they were like branded there in my heart. And you know, uh, it was a brief encounter, but it affected me deeply. And I remember it to this day. And because of the anointing, and because of the encouragement that I received that day, I believe it was like a gift from God to each other. You know, I just wanted to extend a word of encouragement to her. She wanted to extend a word of blessing back to me. And so what I see that happened was that was just a divine gift from the heart of the Father, one to another. And it was so powerful. You know, I never really spoke to her again. I didn't know her, didn't speak to her again. But on that day, we had a divine exchange. Amen. Amen. We had a divine exchange of grace. And words carry grace. It was tangible. And it was transferable. And guess what, church? Your words carry grace. You know, Colossians 4, 6 says... Let your conversation be always, always, not sometimes, not when you feel like it, but always. Everybody say always. Always Always full of grace and seasoned with salt. Amen. And the church said amen. God's grace is amazing and it's wonderful. And I want to talk to you more about his grace tonight. We're going to look at a few reasons why his amazing grace is just that, amazing. The grace of God to change uh, things that you uh, uh, come up against, it's grace for change, grace to change, and grace through change. 
We need seasons of grace throughout our journey, don't we? Grace for change. To go up higher and to conquer mountains, sometimes we're taking on new endeavors. And those endeavors are bigger than our own hands. Perhaps you're starting a new job. Perhaps you're doing something new with your family. Perhaps you're just fighting the good fight of faith and you're releasing your faith for some things. You know, we all should be releasing our faith for things. We all should be doing things that are bigger than our own hands. And so that's one uh, situation. Then there's another situation. How about going through the valleys of life? Going through the valleys, we need grace for change. The greatest change that we can experience, however, is that which comes through saving grace. Saving grace. Ephesians 2.8. Let's take a look at that. It says this. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, and has raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. Now let's say it together, church. For by grace are you saved through what? Through faith. That not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Least any man should boast. So again, the greatest change comes into our life through salvation. And it's not something that you can earn. It's not a reward. Say it with me. Grace, by grace, grace. through faith, faith. are you saved. Grace is simply unmerited. Unmerited. It's not earned. It's unmerited, period. It's loving favor, mercy, graciousness, given as a free gift to each and every one who would receive it. Although you can never earn it, you have to receive it through faith. Amen? There's conditions to it. There's conditions to it. When you receive Jesus, you receive his grace, however. Um, We're going to look again at a few more uh, foundational scriptures. His grace, again, it's unmerited. And his grace is manifold. 1 Peter 4, verses 9 through 10 says this. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. In the NIV translation, it says it this way. As faithful servants of God, God's grace comes in various forms. The exceeding riches of his grace are just that. Again, they're rich, they're manifold, And they come in various forms. We see again and again through scripture how great grace was upon them all. Are you a part of them all? Amen. I'm a part of them all. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verses 9 through 10. We're just going to go through a few more here in the Amplified. It says this. For we are God's fellow workers, his servants working together. You are God's cultivated field, his garden, his vineyard, his building. 
according to the remarkable grace of God, which he has given to me to prepare me for the task. Like a skillful master builder, I laid a foundation and now another is building on it. So God's grace is there for you. And it's personal. You know, just like you have a voice print, just like you have fingerprints, just like you have an eye pattern that's very unique and special just for you, God's grace is designed just that way. And it's special just for you. Amen? John 1 and 16 in the Amplified says this about grace. For out of his fullness we have received. All had a share and we were all supplied with one grace after another. And spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. And even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. So again... That's bearing it out. Everyone, each one, has received the grace of God. It's a gift to you from the Father above. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, God resists the proud, but he does what? He gives more grace unto the humble. You know, I think that's so powerful because sometimes we just think that there's certain ways that we should do things. And we get into our reasoning about things. And we get into the way that we think things should be done. And you know what that's called? It's called pride. But God says this about um, being humble. He says, when you are humble, that he gives you more grace. That means he increases the grace upon you. Upon your life. You know, God told Noah to build an ark, didn't he? And it was on dry ground. And it had never rained before. And I mean, it took him a hundred years and he was a hundred years old. And I tell you, that's some kind of grace. I don't have that grace because I don't need that grace. But Noah had that grace because Noah needed that grace. But what if Noah would have just reasoned that out? What if he just would have thought, you know, that doesn't make sense. You know, sometimes... We have God thoughts that God presents to us. And the only way to walk in them and to see them fulfilled is by and through the grace of God on your life. And so Noah did, didn't he? And he and his family were spared. I mean, it took grace to live in a society and a culture that he lived in. I'm sure he was ridiculed. I'm sure he was you know, definitely misunderstood. I'm sure he got tired through the process. But he kept going. He kept moving forward. He kept building. He kept building and building and building. And he built that ark. Amen. Glory to God. And we're here today because of it. How about Naaman dipping in the Jordan River to be cleansed? I mean, the filthy Jordan River, does that make sense to be cleansed? No, it doesn't. But it was a God thought. And because he did it and he was obedient, he was cleansed of leprosy. How powerful is that? How about Jesus telling the disciples to speak words to a fig tree? Does that make sense? 
No, it doesn't. But it was a God thought. It was God's ways. God's ways are what? Higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we need to take hold of them and embrace them. I mean, it did not make sense for Jesus to go to the cross. Not at all. Did anyone understand that in their own thinking? But oh, aren't you glad that he did. And because he did, we have his grace. Amen. And so, so far we can see it's by grace through faith that we're saved, that we receive. It's by grace through faith that our words are filled with grace. That we receive grace for service and for what he's called us to do. That we can receive even more grace through being humble and just presenting ourselves to the Lord as living sacrifice and let him, you know, lead us and guide us where he wants us to go. It's God's grace, too, that we see here that is manifold, meaning it has various forms. There's two other things I want to share tonight about the grace of God. And God's grace is simply God's power coming on you to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. God's grace is divine influence of the heart. So, I'll say it again. There's grace for change, grace to change, and grace through change. This is important because... There's different seasons in our life. They bring change. And they require a response, don't they? How are we going to respond? You know, in a natural season, when there's a change in the weather, change in seasons, people have to change clothes, right? Especially if you live like in Minnesota. If you live in Minnesota, you don't want to wear summer clothes in the winter. I mean, it'll affect your comfort level. And it may even affect your survival. Amen? And so it's important for us to understand the seasons that we're in and the grace gifts that we need for that season. One thing I know about God's grace is it's equal to circumstances. Have you found that to be true? I mean, you come up against something and you just cannot believe that you're dealing with a situation that is overwhelming to your soul. And it's by his grace that you go through that situation. By his grace, which brings his peace, that lifts you, sustains you, upholds you, and takes you through. There are situations in life that present themselves often to us that we're just not prepared for. We didn't expect it. It came out of nowhere. You know, David had Ziglog. That was one of those situations. And Ziglog was a town that bordered Judea, southern Judea. And David had gotten really tired of running from King Saul, who was pursuing him and wanted to kill him. And so he decided he was going to have this idea that he was going to line himself up with the Philistine kings to ask for help. So he went to the Philistine king and he asked for a place to stay. And the king was happy to give him Ziglag. 
You know, zigzag, the meaning of it, it's a Hebrew word, and it means to press someone mentally or something to reveal what's on the inside of them. It also means to bring something out of them under pressure. And so David and his men found that to be true at Ziglag. They set it up as like a military base. And it was set up so that they would have operations that went out from there against their enemy, the Amalekites. And when David and his men joined the Philistine army, well, they tried to anyway, they went to see the king because they wanted to join that army. And when they got there, I'll tell you, they were turned away. It was a 25-mile journey that they marched to meet the king, to petition him that they could join his army. And they were turned down. And so they had to walk 25 miles back, marching back. And they got back, and you know they were disappointed because they didn't, uh, they weren't able to join the army that they thought in their own thinking was the way to go. And then they were tired, and they were fatigued. And, you know, they had been running for a very long time. And so what happened is when they got back to Ziglag, you know that the story goes everything had been destroyed because the enemy, the Amalekites, had come in, burnt the city, burnt their homes, took their wives, took their children, took them captive, and there was utter destruction. Nothing was left for them. So David and his 600 men, I'll tell you, they were distraught. They could not be consoled in their grief and their sorrow. I mean, they just wanted to kill David for what had happened. And so this was a day that required grace for change. Grace when utter destruction had hit their household. Grace when utter disappointment. Grace when you're on your back and there's nowhere else to look up but up, right? And that's where they were at. And so... Um, what they decided to do was David, who had a relationship with God, decided that he would go first and foremost and encourage himself in the Lord. Now, when you encourage yourself in the Lord, there's a grace that you tap into. And it comes and, and, and it just upholds you. And you sense it. And David took hold of it. And as he encouraged himself in the Lord, he, he began to say, call the priests. We're going to inquire of the Lord. Shall we go after what the enemy took from us? Church, should we go after what the enemy has taken from us? Amen. Well, in inquiring of the Lord, the Lord said, pursue. Pursue and you will recover all. Amen. And so David did. David got his 600 men together, but 200 of them were too exhausted and they couldn't go. And one thing that happens to you in the middle of the press is your heart changes. And David had such compassion for these men. And so he said, no, you just stay. You stay and you take care of everything here. We're going to go out. So the 400 of them got up and arose and went out to face, first of all, find this Amalekite army and then to conquer them and get 
their wives, their children, their possessions all back. And so they headed out. And what happened is they found this Egyptian man by the grace of God. Divine appointments will come your way by the grace of God. And this Egyptian man, he was a slave. And he had been put into the Amalekite army to go and to destroy Ziglag. And so he, they found him. He was just about dead himself. He hadn't eaten for days. He hadn't drank. So they, they picked him up and they fed him and they gave him drink. And then they said, what are you doing out here? And so he shared with them what he was doing. And he was one of the guys that had been there in their camp, destroying their homes and taking their wives, taking their children. Well, I'm telling you right there would be an opportunity for somebody to want revenge on that young man. Amen. But oh no, the grace of God, the grace of God comes in. And when you need to walk in forgiveness in a situation towards a person, God's grace comes in and God's grace helps you to do that. And you know, one thing about forgiveness is forgiveness is not a feeling. People sometimes wait, like, I just, I just can't forgive that one. I don't feel the forgiveness in my heart. Well, you just take it by faith like you do everything else. And God's grace will just come in. And they had been in the press. And there was compassion. When you go through the valley of Baca, and you come out on the other side and you make it a spring, I'll tell you what, you're going to come out with something on the inside of you that nobody can take from you. God will do a work in you. And that was the place of the press. The place of the press in Ziglog, where David and, and his men had to press through those things. And God did a work in them. And they had compassion on this young man. You know what? As a result, this young man told them where the Amalekite army was hidden. Where their camp was. And then they went to the camp. And then they had to do something else. By his grace, they had to wait. You see, timing is so important when you make decisions. And you do things. You could be doing the right thing, but at the wrong time. God's grace will show you the time. God's peace will just come up on the inside of you. The grace to pursue will be there. Just like David had the grace. He must have been emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually depleted and exhausted. But God's grace through that encouragement that he received picked himself up and he was able to pursue the enemy. And so they waited. They waited until dawn. And at dawn, I'll tell you what, those guys had been partying all night. The Amalekites. And at dawn, they were probably exhausted, wiped out, passed out, everything else. And there goes David and his 400 men. And they went in. And you know what? They destroyed everyone. There was 400 of them that got away on camels. But the rest of the entire Amalekite army was destroyed. And they took back not only their wives, not only their children, not only their possessions, but all of the Amalekites' possessions. He, they took all the spoil. Amen? Amen. And that's what happens 
When you rise up with the grace of God to go after what the enemy has taken from you and you pursue, God comes in and he helps you not just to recover all, but to recover more. You'll recover the spoil. Things that you don't even know are there. And then David came back. And David said, okay, you know what? We're dividing amongst everybody. You see that work that had been done in his heart? Some of the men said, hey, these 200 other guys, they didn't go. They shouldn't get anything. But David said, no, they stayed. And they watched the camp. And we're dividing amongst everyone. That's the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Because natural thinking would think just what those 400 men were saying to David. Hey, they don't deserve it. But God's grace is unmerited. And so David was reflecting the grace of God through that very act. And not only did he give to those in the camp, but he gave to other people outside of that. Other nations in Judah. Amen? Amen. And blessed people. He had more than enough. More than he could contain in and of himself. Amen? And that's what... Can you imagine those guys watching them come back? I mean, those 200 men probably thought, they're not coming back. But then all of a sudden, to lift up their eyes and to see, to see the children to see their wives, to see their possessions, to see all those men coming back. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And your eyes will see those things. Your eyes, when you contend and you pursue and you walk in the grace of God, you're going to experience the same things. Things that your eyes won't believe. Because the hand of God will come in and will help you and do for you what you cannot do for yourself. That grace will work in your family. It will do in your family what you cannot do for your family. That grace will work in your business, in your finances. That grace will work the wisdom of God in you. That grace will give you a strength to rise up. Amen? Amen. By his grace through what? Through faith. It's by grace through faith. Hallelujah. That we receive. Glory to God. Well, I know many of you could probably, again, relate to those stories. You probably know someone, maybe in your family, maybe you yourself that's had a doctor's report or a death in your family, a loss of any kind. I mean, a bad report, situations concerning your family, concerning your spouse, concerning your children, the enemy coming in to try to steal from you. But like David, you're going to have to seek the Lord and you're going to have to Encourage yourself in the Lord. And you're going to allow God to just infuse you with inner strength. Amen? Amen. God's grace will keep you steady. It'll secure your feet. It'll allow you to catch your breath when you've been knocked down. Amen? And knocked out. 
It'll change you like it changed David from the inside out. You know, recently I was thinking so much about the grace of God in a certain personal area of my life where I needed to change some things about my diet. And I've had some past history things with my health. I mean, things that I needed and knew that I needed to change, it was critical for me to do so. And you know, change does not come easy, but for his grace. And I'll tried, I tried and tried and tried to make some of these changes. And I said, oh, tomorrow I'm going to make the change. And tomorrow we come and tomorrow we go. And I didn't make the change. You know, I just like to eat certain things, especially things with sugar in them. And I like to snack. And I like to go home and snack. And I mean, it's like a reward. But really, it's not. Right? And so, this past April 21st, I was talking to a friend on the phone. And I was just ministering the grace of God. I mean, there was an anointing, an unction that came upon me to encourage her with the grace of God for certain seasons in her life. And then before we got done, she's in the medical field, she asked me, because she knows about my history. And she said, how how are you doing with your health? I said, well, actually, to be honest, I'm struggling. You know, we're to bear one another's burdens like that. I said, I'm struggling and I'm frustrated because I keep trying, but I'm not doing. I'm not willing to be willing. So that's one thing that we can kind of make a change in our own hearts about. Even if we're not willing to do something, Lord, I'm willing to be willing. And so I shared that with her, and then she started sharing something with me. And as she shared with me, I'm telling you, that divine exchange came in. And it was so powerful, because the same anointing, the same grace that flowed out of me to her, came flowing back to me. And it was so powerful, I'm telling you, it was tangible. And I took hold of it. And I've continued to take hold of it every day. And I haven't deviated. And I will not be moved. And you know, you have to hold on to it when you feel like you don't feel any different. You don't see anything different. But you hold on by grace through faith. And you keep walking. Amen. You've got to speak to yourself, you've got to speak to the thoughts. With his thoughts, because all kinds of thoughts will come. You got to speak to your will to keep going when you feel like you want to quit. Yes. Oh no, that's not in my vocabulary. That's not my thought. I'm not taking it. Amen. Cast it down in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Even when you're cooking for your family your favorite meal and you can't eat it. Keep going, even when you come into the office on a Thursday morning after a Wednesday night and there's desserts all over the table and you open the fridge door and your favorite cheesecake's in there. Keep going. Keep going. I'll tell you, His grace is amazing. And His grace will come down to help you in whatever endeavor it is that you need. 
Whatever you, God's talking to you about. And you know God should be talking to you about something. Because we're like that onion that has all those little layers, you know. And layer by layer it comes off to be, we become more conformed into the image of Jesus. And so there should be some kind of onion layer coming off of you. God's working in you. Amen. One thing I know is this. Whatever the endeavor is, don't frustrate the grace of God through thoughts of doubt, fear, unbelief. Amen? Amen. Don't frustrate that grace that you took hold of by taking a thought of doubt, fear, unbelief, or it's not working. That thought will take you out of the grace. And you need the grace. Amen. Amen. Step into his grace. Step into it. You know, when um, the children of Israel were crossing over into the promised land, Joshua led them and they had to cross the Jordan River. And as they came up to the Jordan River, it was flood stage at that time. So that means it was probably about maybe a a mile wide and maybe 12 feet deep with lots of currents, you know. And they had a cross. So they came up to it and the priest had the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. And they're going to walk through to the other side, to the promised land. God has some promises for you. He has a promised land for you to possess. But you have to walk through those places that takes his grace to do it. I'll tell you, it wasn't until the priest actually placed their foot on the Jordan River that that water was held back. So when you take your foot of faith, your faith feet, and you place your faith feet on the water, it's going to split the Jordan River for you. And not only did it split the Jordan River, not only was the waters held back, but they walked across on dry ground. God's miracle working power through his grace will work for you when you've got to cross over to the other side. Amen? Amen. And so they did. Grace came through their step of faith. And it will come to you the same way. Grace equal to circumstances. You know, Corrie Tim Boone, she was a wonderful Dutch woman who during World War II helped the Jewish people. And what she did is she kept them safe from the Nazis. She had a room in her home. It was a bedroom. It had a false wall. And it could hold up to like six people at a time. And she would hide the Jewish people in there. And she would make sure that, I mean, her testimony is amazing. The ration cards that she would get supernaturally so she could get food because she couldn't buy much food so she could feed them. And hundreds, I don't know, thousands of Jews were uh, saved because of her until she got caught one day. And the day she got caught, she was sent to the concentration camp. And she saw horrific, terrible things there. And one thing that she witnessed was the very death of her own father and her sister. And so, through an unusual series of events, 
She was accidentally released at some at one point. And she came out of there. And she came out of there. She could have been bitter. She could have been so unforgiving. She could have had so much hatred for the atrocities that she witnessed there. But when Corey Ten Boom came out, somebody asked her, why is it that you don't have hatred in you? Why is it that you can forgive the very people that killed your family? And she said to them, you know, when I was a little girl, I used to take the train rides with my dad. He'd take me all over Europe. And, you know, he would have the ticket, my ticket, in his hand. And he wouldn't give me the ticket until the last minute before we got on the train. He actually would wait to see the headlights of the train coming down the track. And then he would hand me the ticket. Because he was concerned she might lose it. She was a little girl, you know. They needed that ticket to take that ride. And so she said to the person who asked her, how could you do this? She said, you know, it's just like my father and the tickets. God doesn't give us the grace we need until we're about to board. And he will give you that grace for whatever you need. Sometimes we don't understand how people go through certain things. Because God will give them a grace that's for them. It's not for you. Amen? And I'll tell you, um, it's powerful to see what men and women walk through by his grace. I witness it all the time. We witness it here. Isn't that right, Pastor Tom? We witness it. And it's amazing what God's grace will do for you. I want to encourage you to take hold of that grace tonight. I want to encourage you to walk in it. One thing Janie and I say all the time out of Deuteronomy is as your days are, so shall your strength be. So we could say it this way. As your days are, so shall your grace be. Amen. Your days full of grace, seasoned with grace. Life may try to crush you, but I'll tell you, God will revive you. <laughs> it may let you down, but God will lift you up. Many things in this earth life are a process. And through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. We inherit that which he has planned for us. We can walk in faith when you trust that you have walked in grace today. You can walk in faith for tomorrow. Amen? Amen. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. You can walk in faith because God has your future church in his hand. And he's preparing a path for you. And he's going to lead you in it. And he's the good shepherd. He'll lead you to green pastures besides still waters. He'll bring provision for you. Even in famine, there'll be light in Goshen. Amen? As I close, I just want to share this with you. You know, tonight I was driving down here. I was reminded of something that I always talk about when I talk about the grace of God. I was driving down. I hit every red light. I mean, like, just coming up, it was yellow and turning red. So it, it caused me to be maybe 10 minutes later than what I normally would have been. And when you're uh, hitting red lights, it's frustrating. You know, when I leave my house and come down, if I hit red lights, if there's traffic, then there's confusion, then there's, uh, you know, stress, there's all kinds of stuff 
that's happening on the inside of you, anxiety, all of that. But when I leave my house and I come down and there's green lights and no traffic, I've still got to travel the journey, but it's with an ease. And that's what God's grace will do for you. You'll have to travel the journey of life. But God's grace will bring an ease to it. And he will uphold you. He'll sustain you. He'll preserve you. He'll show you things to come. And he'll take you from glory to glory, grace to grace, victory to victory. Well, if you didn't have something that you had to have victory over, you wouldn't need victory, right? If you didn't have a test, you wouldn't have a testimony. And so, praise the Lord. I just want to thank you guys tonight for coming and just supporting and being such a blessing and being so attentive. I can see your hearts just being receptive. I can see you acknowledging out there uh, the goodness of God and the grace of God. And so, Father, we thank you for this message tonight, this word on your grace, your amazing grace, Lord. And we receive it by faith. And we thank you that it causes your empowerment in our life to enable us to do what you've called us to do. And you'll see to it, Lord, that we receive more grace an abundance of grace, that grace and peace will be multiplied in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.